Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 79th episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. This week we have Bryce Ballantyne, General Manager for the Elizabethan River Riders of the Appalachian League. Make sure to go back and listen through the catalog, everybody. There's so many, well now there's 78 other great episodes uh, with so many different people from so many different backgrounds. They got awesome stories. Um, there's something for everybody back there, so go back and check it out. Um, if you want a shout out on the Pulling Tart podcast, it's super easy, folks. Uh, just drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. That helps drive us up the charts and gives us more listeners and it turns more people into members of the Tarp Crew. <clears throat> In case you missed it, folks, I finally decided to make a designated Twitter account for the podcast. So go ahead and follow that at Pulling Tarp Pod. That's where you can find all up to date news about the Pulling Tarp podcast and reach out about coming on as a guest. That's where businesses can reach out as well to become sponsors. As always, you can follow me on Twitter as well at It's R.A. Kuhn. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N. With all of that being said, let's chat with Bryce Ballantyne. Bryce, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. How did the first season of the new Elizabethan River Riders go? Well, thanks for having me on, Bobby, first of all. And uh, it was actually a really exciting season. I'd say it's a huge success for us. Uh, going through a name change, as it come out of a pandemic as well, and with the whole change up of, of baseball, it was nice to, you know, playing baseball again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it was nice to to do something and build something with the community. Uh, overall, very happy. We didn't really get like, renovation of the ballpark because obviously we had no idea if we were going to have a team or not. Sure. But yeah. we, we did some things where, uh, you know, we added some lights, we added some, some cornhole boards, uh, got some beer top tables, so it did a little bit of um, redecorating. Right. And uh, it worked out really well, and people seemed to like liked it. And then other people just having a baseball back, and and we're excited to come out. We actually had some some pretty good crowds, and uh, obviously we, we've had a battle rain a little bit in this area. I, I think I hold the record for tarp poles in a uh, short season right now. Oh man, that's not a good one to have. <laughs> no, uh, so our season is twenty seven games long. And then we had two exhibition games. We, of course, have Team USA and the Native American national team play games there, right? Okay. Pulled tarp 25 times. 
That's just Dollar not good room. luck. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, yeah, cool. And we had a staff of eight people. So I think my staff, like, I think I had to give them a, I'll give them a little PTSD with that whole tarp word. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. It is It is a four-letter word, so. Yes, man. it is. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, can you kind of describe, excuse me, can you kind of describe what all went into transitioning from being a Minnesota Twins affiliate to the new format of the Appy League. I I mean I do I do understand that you were there when they were a Twins affiliate, right? Okay. Yeah, I was there in 2019. They just built this brand new clubhouse, like 2.3 million dollar clubhouse. This thing was immaculate. I mean, it still is immaculate. Yeah. Uh, and then we were. It was a weird like for my, as a, my first three years of being GM. You know, new clubhouse, and then we're looking to do some renovations, and we get that that uh, that infamous email from from Pat O'Connor saying, "Hey, hold off on all renovations because they might not renew." Okay. Okay. Go into 2020. I'm like, all right, that's fine. So let's prove that that this market's valuable. Let's prove like, hey, we have to do like, yes, we need a little bit of work, but let's see what we can do, right? Yeah on pace for a record year in sponsorship and tickets. Like, it's, it's great. 2020 happens. I'm like, and I was just so, I was so mad just because I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, and it goes from, you know, record year to, are we going to have a team? Are we going to, am I going to have a job? Right. And then, uh, luckily, so we knew construction was going to happen, and we, and so it kind of that transition kind of started in, in 2020 when at the pandemic, uh, we would talk to the twins a little bit, and we know that there were you could get the sense that they, they didn't want to leave, but what farm director is going to rock the boat and say, hey, we need to save save this when obviously even the major league teams are hurting too. Yes, they, they had a season. Yes, they had, but it wasn't the same revenue. It wasn't the same, uh, you know, no fans. It's, it's different, it's different animal. Right. So it got to the point like, Hey, like, we're talking to the twins and we know we're, we're getting contracted. Like we were kind of informed already. Okay. And they knew and it was kind of, kind of like a break of the U.S. coming, but they, you know, like, Hey, and we're just, like they were great partners to work with. So, like I'm not bashing twins at all. I mean, just baseball at yeah. all. They are phenomenal to work with. I, you know, they texted us and said, "Hey, by the way, you know, good luck this season with everything transition." Like they have fond memories of E Town. And on top of that, uh, they eventually they had to come down and get their equipment and things that were left over from the clubhouse. <laughs> and you know, I helped them move their stuff in. And, like, in you know, I, I feel like I could call them today, and if I had to pick their brand some stuff, they would help me out. Oh, right? yeah, okay. So, uh, a lot of respect for the Twins, and a lot, you know, they were not my first ever affiliate to work with, and they were a dream. You know, if I had a question, like, hey, about this play, hey, I got a flight, but, you know, what, what's going on? Mm-hmm. They climbed back in five minutes, usually. So That's awesome. awesome. Uh, so, so, we get cut, but then we were informed by Major League Baseball, hey, we're going to transition to a college, what about league? Okay. Didn't necessarily know how that was going to work, but... We knew, you know, we're on these Zoom calls, we're on these Zoom calls, and they're like, hey, here's going to happen. We're going to save the Appy League. They're doing the new prospect development pipeline where basically we're going to have freshmen, sophomores, Cape Cod, we're have juniors, and the MLB draft league. Mm-hmm. So that kind of starts happening. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. But 
hey, guys, we don't have 18 names. What do we do? <laughs> well, Music Bay was like, hey, we got you. And they ended up um, helping us design the logos, come up with the team names a little bit. And okay. so we were at this disposal of Major League Baseball in Boston. And we were on Zoom meetings, like, tweaking logos. I'm like, hey, that, like, that one looks really good. Or, like, uh, that one looks like crap. Can you tell me something yeah. else? And it was a really good experience. But it was also kind of like a weird, like, hey, guys, are we a priority at this point? You know, in, in – there were some weeks you you would hear that you, you talk every day. Then there were some weeks you talk once a week. And like, what's going on? Well, it was partially because their graphic designers all had to help. They're helping us. They also had to go do the playoffs, the World Series. Right. And they all probably do like, oh, that would make sense. Oh, why you're not answering my, my call right now? Because <laughs> obviously you got a, a World Series to put on right now. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> so that was like the, the cool transition. And like, obviously USA Baseball get, gets involved in. And then you start seeing our logo come in on like the the undershirts and all that stuff. You start you know you slowly get that little thing where hey all the equipment's coming in and like, all right this is this again exciting. But it, it was a little bit of a transition and having to explain to the fan base the difference. Yeah, um, I would imagine that'd so be pretty like, difficult. Right. So the logo process was awesome. Like we're amazingly based on the dream, and it was it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was like on that side of the transition. Then there's another really transition is people not understanding like, oh, college wood bat, like what's that? And explain like, hey guys, like we are fortunate to be partnered with Major League Baseball and USA Baseball because, hey, I don't have to go out and try and find the players because you don't want me trying to find players. So I'm gonna probably not put together a great team. I don't, I care about hot dog sales and that. Like, Right. I'll find a player, but you might not like him. Yeah. <laughs> we might not win a game. <laughs> but but uh, that's where USA Baseball comes in. They're looking for the top talent. And I think what made it like interesting this year was you look at the top like, 300 players, freshman, sophomore. Mm-hmm. This year was a year we actually had more than freshman, sophomores playing because with the, there were people that have signed contracts with teams that didn't play in 2020. They uh, honored those contracts for 2021. Okay. So it was it was interesting, all those moving parts, and then obviously teaching the fans, like, hey, by the way, we're starting earlier. Mm, hey, yeah. by the way, the season ends earlier now. Right. Uh, it's 26, it goes from 34 to 27. Uh, obviously, I'd like to see that number get closer to maybe 30 games in the summer versus, you know, versus seven less games. That's why we added the other couple games, too. But that also gets, you know, working with USA, we get Team USA to come out. Yep. That, that's very, very helpful for us, too, because that gives us an extra opening another day where we can do a Taco Tuesday or a fireworks show or something. Sure, sure. Uh, that was really the transition was just, you know, having to, A, you know, the breakup with the Twins, like, hey, we know this is happening, it sucks. And and you had some fans that were a little upset, like, oh, the Twins just made us buy, like, build a clubhouse and leave. I'm like, well, no, they didn't do that. It wasn't you, a you choice. $2.3 million structure, which the Twins helped pay for. Right. And then bounce. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and then, you know, going from college and the season going up a little bit and people were not used to that because usually we're not playing till the middle of June and running till like the first week of September. Okay. Yep. Man. Yeah. So that's wild, man. Um, I can only imagine, like, 
it, there's just so many things. So like obviously there was like a stoppage for a while, and then and then it was just like so many things were happening at once, is what it sounds yeah. like. Um, wow, that's so crazy. So what did you do during 2020 while while there was no season? So that was actually. Uh... So as you know, like as through this business, like we we all do that. Like, hey, uh, I, you never tell you never say that's not my job. Yeah, I'll put you in your place right away. Yeah. So in 2020, unfortunately, we had to uh, basically every AGM got let go. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, and we were all one man staffs. Uh, we did a we in Elizabeth. We we shared a facility with the high school. And they get in that two point three million dollar facility as well, which is insane for high school. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the uh, they got like three games, and what ends up happening is, and then all their seasons got canceled. So we run concessions for these. Okay. Yep. And it actually came from uh, from from Chris Allen, our president of Boyd Sports, because uh, we also run the Smokies, and we have th- uh, besides the Twins, or I guess the River Riders. We have three other teams in the Abbey League. Okay. By the time we, uh, his son was actually a senior, he already signed to go somewhere else. But there were a lot of seniors in the area that, hey, you lost your, your senior season of baseball, and you're not going to go play somewhere else. So we ended up doing a high school league where we had about 12 teams playing uh, three games a day from Monday through Thursday, maybe Monday through Wednesday, over in Smoky Stadium. And then between us and Johnson City, we had 16 teams in this area okay. that were playing uh, Monday through Thursday here. And so we had like a boys' sports high school league. Um, then on the weekends, we did travel ball because they were so allowed in travel ball to have it. Okay. Uh, so it was really great to get these seniors a farewell season. And we, you know, we purposely were talking, we talked to Science Hill, which is the school in Johnson City. Elizabeth High School participated in it a lot of the local high schools and we wanted to give them an opportunity to, to kind of have their senior season uh, kind of capped off with a, uh, a world series in, in uh, Sevierville with the Smokies. And in the middle of the season, we did an all-star game where uh, it was fun to, to, uh, to go and watch that. We had a firework show with it. And so we had, it was more of a, uh, Hey, we want to have something for the local communities and be a community partner. than it really was for us to make money because uh, high, selling high school ball is a little bit different than selling professional ball. Right, right. Okay. Do you, so, it sounds a lot like Beloit um, in the fact that we hosted, you know, like, American Legion and high mm-hmm. school. Um, did you get the the uh, parents or fans that, you know, I'm assuming you charged admission, right? Yeah, it was it was five bucks uh, to get in. I guess you in the, in the two games, so they, they were double headers for us. Oh, okay. And uh, we weren't allowed to sell beer, so we right. so for us we couldn't do that. So like, uh, so of course we're like, hey, we worked out for season pass. Like, hey, we're kind of losing beer sales though. Uh, what can we do? And it was a very limited menu, unfortunately. Like, obviously we would oh, love yeah. to do your your funnel fries and like your deep fried Oreos and and your pulled like you know eat, like kind of your crazy stuff. But we used to do the basic hot dogs, hamburgers, and we would do some uh, like your popcorns, things like that. Yeah. So very limited sessions, but. So yeah, we charged five bucks a ticket. Uh, we did do a few like the coaches got pass lists for their families, things like that. Yeah. But, 
uh, it was it was still a lot of fun. People came out, and what was fun for us was and I think what made it a really big success was because there were only there were sixteen teams on our side. Uh, there's a small school called Hampton, and I mean it's right next to Elizabeth, and that game never happens. Um, you have two different types of programs. You have a, a single A school and like a three A school, uh, okay. and so they never play each other. Like it's just one of those you know like you know Hampton, like they do well for being Hampton, but like they don't have the people that can compete. When you have you know you have you know eighteen guys out for a team versus you have forty guys out for a team. right, it's right. Just, you know, the depth. Well, that game was put on because it never happens. And it was a busy night. I think the whole town of Hampton came out. A lot of people want to see this game, and it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Did you did you get the fans that were complaining about your the five dollar admission fee to go to watch a high school sporting event? Not so much because yeah. a lot of it was family. I mean, like we had a couple people that that rolled tickets over, and they were just happy to be watching baseball. They didn't yeah. care. Right. Uh, there were a couple of fans that want to see the big game between like us and like let's say us, like Elizabeth and Science Hills. It's a big game every year, right? Okay. Uh, and so what we end up doing with that is it's five. It was five dollars for a high school game anyway, so they didn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't charging. You know, like right now our prices are six dollars, and it was five dollars regardless of what seat. We didn't, we didn't have special seating for our reserve seats and stuff. Okay. It was five dollars. Yeah. Uh, when we did that kind of stuff in Beloit, people would complain about a $3 admission fee. Like, you're going to charge for a high school game? And then I had to explain to them that they were playing on a professional field, and we had to pay the groundskeeper, who went on to be an assistant groundskeeper for the Oakland A's, mind you. Um, We had to pay him... You know, and an assistant to keep care of the field, to drag the field, you know, between games and all that stuff. And people were livid about a $3 admission fee to a Legion or a high school game. Well, and, but here's the thing, like, we, uh, obviously we had some clays and costs involved in it too. And I had explained to people too, I'm like, guys, the amount of damage a high school game does to the, to the mound versus what, a professional team will do uh you know heck we had a, a game and it, it was sort of they they were digging a hole of china yeah like i had to go through roughly just on the mound uh, a bag of clay and wow. that's ridiculous for for the mound yeah <laughs> where usually i was talking to our groundskeeper i've talked a couple of different groundskeepers a bag of clay gets them patched you know the mound and home plate mm-hmm and at 50 bucks a bag, it gets kind of expensive. <laughs> right, right. Man, that's so crazy. So, yeah. I hope you don't hate me. I am the, um, what am I, the Delaware ambassador of the Otterbots. So, so I apologize <laughs> for that. Um, but uh, why did you guys decide on the name River Riders? So... I mean, my, my goal is to turn you into a River Riders fan. You know, Autobots do a good job, but uh, <laughs> no, no, Austin does a great job over there with the Autobots. But so, with this being my third year, I like, guess my third season, I, I kind of got to know Carter County, 
right? And, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of Alice Elizabeth ends in. And, okay. And there's a lot to Elizabeth in that, like, people don't think of it because, like, it's it's a small town. It's a mm-hmm. very small town, and that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they kind of have this, like, chip on their shoulder, and I, I want – how can we embrace – how can we embrace Carter County? How, we, we don't want to be just Elizabeth. And, and, and on top of that, it, it's unfortunate, obviously, with some of these small towns, we get a little bit um, political. Sure. Uh, because, like, for example, Elizabeth High School is a city school, quote-unquote. They play at the nicest facility. Okay. You know, they have the nicest football field, and people sometimes feel like the, the county schools get left behind. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, how do I embrace all of Carter County? Obviously, we're gonna say Elizabethan, but how do we keep everything together? Okay, cool. So I was, I'm walking the ballpark. I'm actually talking to my, my boss at the time. We're kind of walking, and, and we're like, we're thinking of names. Like, hey, I'm doing some research, and I'm doing, and I'm like, I'm looking at like, oh, potential colors we can we can do and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, it all kind of really depends on the name. Like, what where do we want to go? With? Hey, there's a river behind us. And people go, you know, tubing down in it, and you know they're fishing all the time, and like, and it gets quite a bit of use. So I'm like, yeah. okay, how about the river rafters? And so that was one of the things with, with working major league baseball that was uh, kind of almost like pulling teeth a little bit at certain times. Uh-huh. So like anything else, uh, you know, we had to get approval for some things, right? Well, they own a team called the Salt River Rafters, uh-huh. the Arizona Fall League. And they, they want us all to have unique names that nobody else has. Okay, okay. so I put together some things. Like, I, again, I get this list of, like, okay, River Rafters, River Riders, uh, River Kings. Uh, there was someone that wanted, like, hey, you should be called the River Rats. I'm like, nah, no, I'm not going to do that one. Yeah. It kind of bad connotation. Yeah, right. You could sell a lot of merch with that, but... You can, you yeah. can, you could. Uh, and so what we ended up doing was... You know, I'm working my back channels a little bit because I wanted to do a name the team contest, but because Major League Baseball was helping us out, they got kind of, and I, rightfully so, uh, the, it was just after the whole debacle with the Washington football team where uh, they couldn't get a name because everyone kept trademarking it. Okay. And so they're like, hey, we're having a name the team contest. You know, so what we ended up doing was we, uh, I went and started talking to prominent people in the community, I'm like, hey, what do you think about this name? Just take it home. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? And it came down to rafters and riders, hands down. Okay. Well, uh, once we get the news that, hey, we couldn't go with the, with the rafters, and, and say I, I pulled like, you know, 20 people, it was like 10 to 10. It wasn't like okay. it was. So we went, we went with riders. Okay. And, and that's how we kind of came up with the name, and, and it was one of those things like, you know, I say I, I chose the name because I came. Up, I eventually came up with all these names and put this list together, and then that's how we came up with riders. And then we started looking at color schemes too. And we thought about like someone rafting down the river and and uh, you know all that kind of things. That's how we kind of got the yellow. We have I think the most colors out of anybody. Maybe the Stockholms have more. Okay. But I like that we have multiple logos. Uh, we have multiple colors and and we can do a lot with it. Yeah, yeah. I I like it a lot actually. I like your guys' logo a lot. Um, so you, you, like you said, you've worked in, um, places that aren't like, how do I put this? Like super desirable to go to? Like maybe would, would you say that? Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. Okay. Okay. 100%. <laughs> okay. 
Um, so, and we, we know that working in minor league baseball, there's a lot of other duties as assigned and you've worked on a lot of small front offices as well. Um, so I'm interested to hear what is the most other duties as assigned moment in your baseball career? Man, this is actually a couple. <laughs> Here's one of those things I told you earlier. I only have a couple stories. Like, yeah. besides being a mascot and having to, like, hey, our mascot, uh, like, got hurt. Can you run across the field in, in a teddy bear costume? Like, okay, cool. Like, I can do that. But <laughs> I got to deal with my groups first. You know? Right, right. Uh, there's a couple of them. Actually, the most recent one was uh, obviously COVID still a thing and it's going around. Sure. I got a call from. Uh, for my boss, and not only did it take out three people, like like it took out our president, VP, and the GM with the Smokies. Ooh. And so they had to quarantine out. Like they're all fine now. Like you know they're good. Like they're all actually back at work now, which is great. Okay. <laughs> but yep. In, in the middle of a, uh, they had uh, a twelve game homestand because of, of the, the they do those two back to back without with those Mondays off now. Yeah. Right. Well, not only that, so those three guys are gone. Then there's a few guys out with the uh, <laughs> with the uh, with the uh, ticket office, mm. and so I get a call, and we had just finished our season, by the way. Like we are like celebrating, and we were all happy, like oh, we're done, just gonna relax for like a weekend before we get into these like these tournaments. Yep. It is called. Hey, Bryce. Uh, how? Uh, how familiar are you with the uh, with the ticket return? And <laughs> so I'm gonna need you to drive down to the north to Smokies now. Oh gosh! But like, I don't know their pricing. I don't know their system. Like, I had to learn it all. Like I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I can I remember a little bit. So I had to go work a weekend down there. It was actually a lot of fun though. But it's like, man, like you weren't prepared for that. <laughs> was not prepared. And, right. And their crowds are just different. Like. You know, you get excited. Like, Elizabeth, you get excited. Oh, do we have a thousand fans here today? It's a 2000 seat stadium. You know, 2500 seat stadium. Like, you're like, this is a great day. It's a good crowd. Yep. I saw a pre sale one day. I'm like, oh, that's more than what we. <laughs> that's one of our better nights. Yeah. And it's a different animal. And, and obviously, you know, things are going to go wrong. And, you know, I, I'm trying to tell people kind of what to do without, like, being like, hey, who's this guy? I'm like, oh, well. GM Elizabeth and what do you know? <laughs> you know yeah, like that. that's a tough uh, that's a tough spot to be in for sure, man. That that was one of them, and then uh, I think I think by another duty as assigned was, and this was in Hagerstown, and you know when like you're a staff member and like you're like okay hey this game like you knew it was, it was like a Wednesday night Thursday night so like it was well it was Tuesday or Wednesday so you wasn't gonna be a good crowd anyway and sure. it had rained all day. And so we get the tarp on. We end up banging this game. Uh, it's because too much rain. And then all of a sudden, we just got hit with like a monsoon in like. But I was already home. Uh, I called the girlfriend at the time. I was like, "Hey, it's date night. Are you down? Yeah, we're down. Go home. You know, change. We, we end up going on. We, we try to go on a date. Try and get some." Uh, some drinks and and some food. Mm-hmm. Halfway through, get a call. Hey, the stadium's in really rough shape. 
we're gonna need you to come back. And uh, and we like, the team. I was in charge of teams where that that flooded. Uh, we lost the bullpens. Essentially, we had to like rebuild bullpens and all that. Like it was just it was like we worked all night. So my date went. <laughs> it was like. Hey, you want to come to the ballpark with me? And I'll be clean. Oh, no. Taking off this flight a little bit, too. So I had, you know, uh, make sure all the computers and everything was working. It was fine. This is like, you know, trying to get the carpet dry and and having to go through, see what merch got ruined and, what you know, what is salvageable. Yeah. Uh, so th- those are probably the other duties as a sign. I was like, you got to be kidding me. You know. Uh, oh, those are, those are some good ones, man. Yeah, the, I was a little rough on both of those, but you know what? At least in the ticket office one uh, with the smoke, is that I got to be in air conditioning. Oh, actually, it got worse though. So that Saturday, I'm helping out. Tarp pull. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'd be oh man. <laughs> I, I was done for the year, and they brought me back for one more. Yep, man. Um. Did did that uh, girlfriend end up working out or no? No, no, that one uh, did not end up working out. Which it, it happens. <laughs> uh, she wasn't gonna leave Maryland, and eventually, uh, you know, I moved on to other opportunities. Right, right. Well, I'm I'm assuming you know cutting the date short to to go rebuild mounds and stuff probably didn't help out at all. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> oh man that's funny um so again you so you're you've been you've been in a couple different places so what's the strangest thing that you've had to assist with during a game how much time you got <laughs> uh so having a fan get a concussion during an outfield game was a little interesting <laughs> Sounds like uh, it. Yeah, she got she got laid out. That, that one was interesting. Um, as far as like you talking about like with fans, you talking about like in general. Just in general, like um, just like something that happened during the game that you had to stop everything and help out with. Other than tarp. Uh, yeah, other than tarp. <laughs> well, in Hagerstown, it was it was fun too because it was just light poles going out we get a couple light poles go out and then uh so that was like okay what do we do here uh actually i wasn't even, a weird one for me i was actually so we own justice city too mm-hmm. um and you know there's a firework i'm actually as a as a fan that wasn't even really working like i was there and we were the river riders were playing so i went there just to kind of support the river riders and uh Saw another GM there, you know, we were just kind of talking. Yep. Fireworks show happens. All right. All of a sudden, the lights come on. And I'm like, that's not a good sign. What, like, what's yeah. going on? And basically, a woman had had a heart attack. And, you know, we're all in the same company. Like, GMO goes on. Me and uh, Steve Bryce, who's the GM in Kingsport, we end up, you know, running down, get with Kiva, who's the GM. We're like, hey, we need from us. Okay, we need to get people out of here. Hey, you know, we're like directing traffic, trying to get so we can get these this ambulance in, get this person uh, on the gurney and get and get them out and get them the help they actually and they need. Uh, 
she you know, obviously thankfully everything was good but it was one of those things where that that's a stop everything moment uh yeah there was another one where when i was in mobile you know just a lot of this injury stuff um our food and beverage director went to go change a heat lamp and it exploded and right before gates opened by the way okay uh and we get a call like hey is the medic here yet no, and it's just like we had to close the stand. Like, hey, we gotta, you know, close the stand. Th- like, throw these things out. Base, and there was some food there too. Like, hey, th- throw that out just yeah. in case. Clean, you know, clean that stand. Open the stand up a little bit late. I was helping with that too. Mm. Uh, so you know, little things like that. So those were some of the crazy things that happened as far as the uh, like. All of a sudden, I guess my attention. Like, hey, you have to like, you know, drop everything in and help out. Uh, the, now there also there are some funny ones too. Yes, uh, and, and those are the fun. Like, and, and so, the, so you know, those are like two grim ones. Like, hey, people you know got hurt, unfortunately. But uh, one of the things that got my attention actually this year, or sorry, it was twenty nineteen, and it's actually on my Twitter. Okay. Uh, and I, 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 uh, I put down there like this picture. It's you know my. 2020 like my plans and i've been like 2020 and all of a sudden like i'm i started off i was in the i, I grabbed i just grabbed a bank bag you know i think we just pulled beer and I, you know had to go to the office for a second and i realized i missed a call from the groundskeeper like okay I'll, I'll go outside really quick and I, i'm walking out there and so i was like hey bryce they need you the, the, the you need on the field I'm like what that's well, what, like, yeah. you know, my like, calling me, and I look over, and there's the two managers and my groundskeeper behind the pitcher's mound where our quick coupler is. Okay. And I look over, and I, I just get to the gate. I look over, and he his arm is down there, and I'm like, that can't be good. Oh, oh no. So I start looking at it, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? And it started leaking water. Like, so it started, like, giving up, put, put more water in the, you know, it wasn't turned off like it was supposed to. Yeah. And it's like, hey, I think I can tighten this. I think I'm good. All of a sudden, it's, it, you're a pop, and the pipe broke. <laughs> and so then all of a sudden, a geyser comes in, and I'm like, okay, hey, what can we do to fix this, blah, blah, blah. And then it starts shooting like, uh, like Old Faithful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. We sprinted as fast as we could and I'm in khaki like in khaki pants by the way at this point like I don't know what I was thinking I'm like oh I'm the GM I gotta wear long pants now that was a mistake yeah. uh, <laughs> sprinted to the outfield as fast as we could and we're like where's the water shut off like we're gonna lose this game because we can't shut this water off mm-hmm. we end up getting the water turned off but the problem is there's so much water built up so that he and I are there okay hey guys we're going to try the sprinklers on for a second. So get you guys off the field. We'll try the sprinklers on for a second. Random for like 30 seconds, not even, right? Thinking that that would get the water out the lines and be fine and not flood the field. That didn't work. <sighs> so then we're, <laughs> then we're there every half inning with, with beer cups and, and, a of, and a bucket. And we're just scooping water out in between while the pitchers warming up. Oh. And then we run off the field, dump the water, and we're just like hoping, like, okay, guys. First pitch swing, you gotta, we gotta get through these next, you know, eighth and ninth inning. And of oh. course, we're losing the game. So, 
and then and so we get the water turned off and we were able to get a plug for it so that it would no longer have water but then we still have a game on Sunday yeah and then my groundskeeper was out there and so we cut the water off of the field but there's still like our third base dugout has water for the restroom over there mm-hmm. and there's a spigot he has a garden hose trying to water this field oh no <laughs> it was it was so bad <laughs> and then uh, I get a call from my boss he's like Hey, uh, next time something happens, can I not find out via Twitter? I'm like, I handled it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a tough go at it for sure. Man. Yeah, that one that was very much a uh, drop everything you're doing now and go fix it. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, uh, that was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. What's the best and worst promotion that you've been a part of? Uh, that's a good question. I'm going to start with the, uh, I'm going to start with the worst. I'm going to tell you a worse one that was decent, but was a mess up, and then one that was good. Okay. All right. Worst promotion that I think I, I put together it had to have been our, uh, had to be an island night here, and... It was one of those things where, like, oh, you know, we're going to have, like, you know, barbecue, pulled pork sandwiches, and, like, with some pineapple, we're going to have an island theme. We're, you know, we're wearing this, and, you know, we're wearing Hawaiian shirts. And we're thinking it's going to be a great night. Everyone's going to love it. Yeah, we were doing Dollar Island, like, 12 Ounce Island. Like, there's a, a beer here called Island Coastal Lager. Okay. It didn't even sell out of that. Like I bought four cases. It wasn't even like that many cases. I mean, we just bought a few cases, had that left over. Uh, and it's one of those things that there was no fireworks show with it either. It was just like a Saturday night, and someone's like, yeah, well, there was no fireworks show. No one, it was a prior worst Saturday there was. No one's like, what's island night? We're not anywhere near the island. <laughs> you know, we're, I was like, man, essentially it was Jimmy Buffett night, but you can't call it Jimmy Buffett night anymore. Right, right. Yep. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> What are you doing? Well, like, I'm like, all right, well, this one's... And it was my baby. I pushed for it. Uh, and, of course, I fell flat on my face. Yeah. So that was probably the worst one. Um, the other one that was, again, it, it was a good idea. It didn't... Execution might not have been the best. It wasn't... It was our fault, but not our fault. Yeah. When I was in Hickory, we did a... Concussion Bowlett. He had just won the MVP award. He played Hickory. Great. Yep. So we ordered a thousand of these bobbleheads, right? Mm-hmm. First thing that happened was that they only sent like 300 of them because the rest out got lost somewhere. Oh. But they're on their way. Yep. Okay, so, okay, we get out the 300 and then we pass out a bunch of like vouchers to people like, hey, you know, you know, just try to say when we get these in, you know, uh, we'll have these in by the end of the week. Well, we got a 300 of them in. The Hickory Crawdads logo on it is upside down oh, <laughs> on his jersey. No. Yeah. So, first of all, we're giving, like, unique ones. Like, hey, like, it's, it's out there. Well, then, uh, like, a week later, we get the rest of them. So, we got rid of the 300 of them, right? Then a week later, the rest come in. But then no one turned in these vouchers. So, we had, like, 500 or 700 of these these bobbleheads just taking up so much space <laughs> trying to like give things away okay well it is what it is like it wasn't we started using those prizes and prize packs things like that 
It was just like, right. man, like it, it has so much potential. And we, and we kind of realized that people in that market liked t-shirt giveaways more than they actually liked uh, bobbleheads. Bobble like, okay. okay. So it was a learning experience for us. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Now, the best slash like probably my favorite promotion I've ever been a part of was actually my intern year with, uh, with the Quad Cities. It was a, a really great idea. It, it, it didn't work. I mean, it worked, but it didn't. It, it, the next year, it it, uh, it it won a golden bobblehead. Oh, okay. But, yeah, so it was one of those things like you had to see it the first year, and it did well enough like, hey, we should try this again. Well, it was the photo jersey. Uh, oh, yeah. So I, I was a part of that, helping to kind of sell those squares where the photo jersey, for you know, people who don't know, is it was supposed to be jersey. That year, we partnered with a local uh, cancer research facility, and basically anyone that was affected by cancer, which is, you know, everyone can say, hey, cancer's affected us in some way. Uh, you could pay, I think it was like $20 or $25, and you, you could have a little like half inch by half inch square mm-hmm. of, of your loved one on the jersey. Now, obviously, each number would be a little different, so you had to kind of like look at the number, you know, look at it. And but to have uh, photos inside the numbers was actually a really cool idea and actually we were the first ones to do nice uh, which was really cool and then the following year now i was with burlington this out and we did we did one with the um oh, what's what's the purple we're there for life yeah we were there for life but then uh the quad cities did one with the local autism center okay they saw a lot of spaces and and since everything went local, I think you know that probably helped it out there. That's about when the gold gold ball went, but it raised over ten thousand dollars for the local autism center in Davenport, which is awesome. Yeah. So I think that that's probably one of the coolest ones we've been a part of. But like, again, the first year, people had to kind of see it because like, people were still like, I don't, I don't get it, and then they yeah. saw it. But you know, then the potential and how it just kind of skyrocketed it was it was a it was really good, and, and I thought that that's probably one of my favorite promotions I've ever been a part of. Yeah, that one's that one's a really good one. Yeah, that was that was really like original and thought out, and and it obviously it benefited you know cancer research. So kudos mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, those are those are all those are good ones for sure. Um, yeah, I had a I had a I I don't know like I. In Beloit, I was working with next to no money as far as a marketing budget goes. Um, and I really tried to make a bachelorette night um, popular because so one of our former players had won the bachelorette. And so oh, really? like, yeah, so like I was I was like, you know, I looked into how much it would take to like bring them to the ballpark and. Um, ended up we just we had like um we did like a rose giveaway and then um we like hid um like his name was josh murray we hid josh murray like you know we put his like head on popsicle sticks like and we hit we hid those around the ballpark and like ladies who found them you know got a prize or whatever like that that didn't do as well as i had hoped um, but there is, I don't know how much you pay attention to country music, um, but there is a guy locally here that has had a couple num- number one hit songs on the country charts, 
Um, yeah. His name is Jimmy Allen. And um, so I am like, where I live, I'm like right, I'm like 15 minutes away from from where he grew up. And then I, you know, the shorebirds are like 30 minutes the other way. But w- we still get fans from that from that area. Like we're we're the only the Shorebirds are the only professional sports team in about a hundred fifty mile radius. So like yeah. you know, we're we're getting, you know, a pretty good, you know, draw from from the county that I live in. And um we just I, I pushed really hard for a bobblehead giveaway of him, um and that that was fine, um, but I really want. I, I was like, I don't think this is going to do extremely well unless we get him out here to <clears throat> to sing the national anthem or something. Um, and so um, I was talking to our general manager, and I was going back and forth with with his people. And at that point, it was it was three thousand dollars to bring him out, and. Yeah. The general manager was like, you know, we really don't have that in the budget. Like, I, you know, but he does have like the, the at this point the most popular country song of the last you know year, and um, so like he he was like, let me think about it. And he kept on sitting on it, kept on sitting on it, kept on sitting on it, and he's like, okay, let's let's figure it out. And then so I said that to his to his people, and they said. No, no, no. That was that was before he hit number one. Now that he's hit number one, it's ten k. And I was like, okay, I guess he's not coming. And we did the bobblehead giveaway anyways, and it just didn't really draw that well. I don't. I think the weather was okay, but I think it was just that his hometown was like forty five minutes away. Was all. That reminds me of um, a story. Angry, really quick. Uh, Actually, there's there's two things. Like I I wasn't there that it was they did it like I think in thirteen or or, or uh, twelve. It was I was there in fourteen. Well, I kept seeing these Eric Church bobbleheads. Like, why do you guys do Eric Church? Like, what what the hell? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, well, he was from like Bandy's uh, North Carolina, which is right, in, right just outside of uh, just outside of Hickory. Yeah, and it was so crazy that so he they did a ball out of him. He he comes out. But the uh, the AGM at the time was his high school baseball coach, and didn't know like oh. didn't put two and he didn't put two and two together. Wow! Until he goes, "Hey, coach, wait, what, oh, that's you!" Like he was like a, like a brain, like wait, you're the same guy. Oh, and he wow. had no idea that he liked country music. Like he had no idea about the music stuff like that. Uh, and I heard that that went really well for us when they were, when they were there. And then you're saying the appearance of that reminded me of another story that I think of another day that just kind of flopped for us when I was in Hickory. Uh, we had a 90s night. And so we're thinking like, hey, 90s. And Dustin Diamond, you know, unfortunately, you know, has since passed away. But uh, we're like, hey, everyone say by the bell. Uh, Dustin Diamond, we came on an appearance. And we sell meet and greet tickets for this. Mm. We sold six. Yeah. No one seemed to care about meeting Dustin Diamond, um, and he did like selfies. And like, people want to get like selfies and pictures with him and autographs, but no one cared about meet and greet. Uh, yeah. it, it kind of 
it was very disappointing, unfortunately. Uh, he was actually a great, nice guy to hang out. Like, you know, he signed stuff for the staff and took pictures with the staff. It was great. But, yeah, so unfortunately, it was, the weather was fine, but it didn't. It isn't didn't wasn't the draw we thought it was gonna be. Yeah, I think it was the same way for when we had Mr. Building out at Delmarva mm-hmm. too. Um, it kind of it was okay. It didn't do extremely well, but yeah. 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 Um, so. You learn, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it it's amazing. Some things work in some markets, and some sometimes it doesn't. But, oh yeah. Um. So again, I, I really don't know where this one's gonna lead. But what is the weirdest interaction that you've had with a fan? Oh, how much time you got? We have a fan here. Okay, so I always get a fan from like every other place. So the weirdest interaction I had. Um, I'll start with Elizabeth, and I, I got a couple stories for you. Right. I'll start with Elizabeth. And we had just taken over in 2019. We had introduced beer for the first time, first of all. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's the 2019. We, we just got have beer at the ballpark. Okay. Um, I had this older gentleman walks in the front office like, I want to talk to the general manager. I'm like, well, that's never a good, that's never right. a good sign. Like, and it's in front of all my, you know, He's like, can we sit outside? I'm like, all right, whatever, you know. And he's a an older gentleman, and he he starts talking to me. He's like, you know, you guys are are not teaching good sportsmanship. Uh, I'm really disappointed in you guys uh, because when you guys strike somebody out, you you guys are totally taunting the other team. And we would do like the you know sit down, be humble, uh, and, and little things like that, like hot got him. Okay. Yep. Uh, like, like the game over stuff, right? Yep. And he goes, "You need to leave the heckling to the fans." Um. Well, sir, you know, I was like, no disrespect, but and I even asked like, how often do you go? Do you come to games? He goes, "I've come to, like two games. Like, I'm like, you ever gone anywhere else?" He's no never been to a major league game. Like, I'm like, well, sir. To be honest with you, even the Yankees do something. Like, even the major league baseball. If you're watching yeah. the telecast, you, you'll hear it. Yeah. They have like a want, want, like they do something, right? Yep. And he goes, "We well, need to keep it to the fans." You, you just like he's adding you let the fans heckle. And eventually, I got him off. I got him on this. I'm like, sir, I can't control what a fan says. I can control what the guy up in the booth does. Yeah. Yep. Uh, because I've had situations before where when I was in I was in Mobile and we had some guys that were drunk and uh, you know were chanting at the visiting Latin players yelling build the wall and we had to go and obviously address that like you know yeah. I can't control those they're saying like hey you guys either shut up or I can just kick you out right so, you know that's that's how I address that but I can also cover that up with you know somebody uh you know doing like the want 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 things like that mm-hmm. and uh so that was that was one instance there that hey you need to do this you know like hey change things differently um as far as you know some other weird things that happen with fans uh you know we had uh, a fan get upset because 
we joked around and said, hey, guys, I think the beach is that way because they came in wearing, like, tank tops and it looked like board shorts. Okay. And he got all offended about, you know, we were joking around, like, like dude, like, he's got offended because it was to his kids and, like, his kids were in high school and we were, like, college kids. Yeah. Okay. You know, things like that, uh, that. That was a weird experience with that one. Uh, you know, we have we have some hecklers and I had another one from Elizabethan. I had a guy, uh, first of all, like he's irate. And there are times, you, you know, the same way you fire a fan. Yeah. I fired this fan. Okay. Uh, all right. So he comes up to me and he goes, I need to talk to Bruce. Well, first of all, my name is Bryce. Right. But uh, how can I help you? How many beers can, can a, a guy have? Like they can get two. This guy's had four drinks. Like, well, what, sir? Like two at a time. Yeah. This guy's had four drinks. Blah blah. blah. He's you know he's had, I didn't come out to you with a bunch of drugs. Like he's just like, going like, oh this guy's drunk. He you know he's heckling. He, he's a terrible. Like, he's cursing all stuff. Blah, blah blah. And he's like, I'm not gonna. I refuse to ever come to a game again. And okay. I, I refuse to you know watch a game with a bunch of drunks. Blah. I'm like. I just straight up said to him, and I kind of lost my cool. Like, well, sir, enjoy coming to high school games, and that's all you're gonna watch because nowhere in this area, every team has beer. Yeah. And so, I go and take a look. Like, hey, it's a concern. I will see what I can find. There's a guy being loud, but he's chanting "Go Twins" at the time. You know, because really, we're in the 2019. He's yelling "Go Twins." Uh, He's not drunk. He's not cursing. Not anything, anything vulgar. And the guy was probably about six six, probably almost three hundred pounds, if not more. His four drinks weren't going to get him drunk. Right. And that's what it was. Like they didn't like the change. You had like those instances. We had some people just kind of upset about uh, about the change and how it wasn't with the city and. Uh, and one more, I got one more interaction with a fan that was actually kind of embarrassing for for him. Uh, so, 2019. So that's sort of 2019. Okay. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, so we took over the city, and Mike Means used to be the uh, the GM, and he's actually the director of parks and rec here in Elizabeth. Okay. Phenomenal guy. He, he has helped me out so much with getting the right contacts for people kind of tell me how things were done when he was running it and, and you know, things that like, I got to watch out for. Like he told me, Hey, look, like such, such client, they'll, they'll always come in, but they're going to give you a hard time. They'll come in the last minute, but they'll come back, you know, and okay. he, he was like, in and out. So that was great. Right. We're really well, actually we're supposed to get lunch actually this week. Uh, so this guy comes up and it was like, Hey, Mike, and here's what happened. So I ended up getting one last intern in at like the last minute. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have it. I gave her my polos to where I had to reorder polos for myself, but those weren't going to be in for another couple weeks. Okay. So for the first, the first, uh, probably two weeks of the season, I'm wearing button downs and a name tag. Mm, okay. So he has no idea who I am because my name tag just, it, it, I'm laying here. And he's and I'm talking to Mike, and we're out there in Valentine territory. Like, there's a player gate that you get on the field in Elizabeth, and mm-hmm. there's a concrete. Like, it's kind of where you set up for 
you, you hold your uh, your fans to go on the field for on-field contest. So we're sitting right there. And I'm talking to Mike. This guy's like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And uh, Mike's like, okay. And I'm in earshot. I got, like, I'm six feet away. Yeah. And he's like, Mike, you should be running this team. Uh, you know, this is, you know, he ends up cursing, you know, saying it's BS. They got this young kid that doesn't know what the hell he's doing, blah, blah, blah. And just, like, kind of, like, ripping into me, not knowing I'm right there. Yeah. So eventually I walk over, and I was like, and Mike kind of diffused it a little bit, too. I'm like, hey, man, by the way, I'm Bryce Valentine. I'm the new general manager here. Oh, by the way, this is my seventh season in baseball. I've been doing this for a minute. Like, yeah. And at that point, you know, like, I have, I've done everything from, you know, obviously because, you know, everyone does stadium ops things. Like, we've done it all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sir, like, I've, I've been here for a reason, and, and Boyd Sports is a, is a very reputable company. Uh, you know, I'm sorry you feel that I shouldn't because I'm not a 55 year old man that I don't have the experience to run a rookie ball team. Yeah. But I promise you, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you that I can. Yeah. And uh, ever since then, he actually came back as a season ticket. Like he, it was really awkward at first because he just had a bunch of egg on his face. Yeah. <laughs> but he sure did. I was like, you're right. Man, that's funny. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, that was probably one of my favorite ones, though, because it's just like, this is really, this is, this is really awkward for you. <laughs> you right, know, right. Yeah, of course. Guys, right next to you. Man. <laughs> That's, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, so you've, most of your career, um, obviously you're the general manager now, but most of your career has been in ticket sales, sponsorship sales. So I always like to ask my salespeople this, what's the number one secret to sales? In your opinion? Uh, I guess the secret sales for me is be yourself, be genuine. Like people can tell when you're not being genuine, you know, like. Now, like, there are certain things, too, like, obviously, when you're dealing with a church group or something like that, like, hey, don't curse at all, right? Yeah, right. But, you know, there's some guys at the bar, you know, you you, you mess around, you can rip them a little bit, and you can say a couple curse words here and there, you, you got to kind of read that person. Sure, absolutely. But you, you got to be genuine, you got to be yourself, you got to be that person that is the same every day, like, hey, how's it going? And that's what I try to be, like, look. Especially here in Elizabeth, right? Or you go to Elizabeth, and you, you know, I was in Mobile, too. Uh, in Mobile, we had just, when I got there, we had just said, hey, we're leaving in a couple years. Oh, okay. Like, then that was that was a weird experience getting hired on. Like, hey, my interview got pushed because the team had just gotten sold official. Oh. And so, you know, uh, but I came in, they gave me a goal, and I, and I actually doubled it. Uh, there you go. And I think partially is because... I go out, I talk to people, and you gotta be personal. Like, look, like, here's what's going on. Like, you know, I moved here for this job. Like, and they, they ask questions, and like, oh, you don't have a southern accent. Where are you from? Like, oh, I'm Iowa. And they kind of get to know you a little bit. And and people buy the sales rep, in my opinion, versus them buying the actual product. Because, absolutely. You know, 
wherever you go, like, you know, maybe that, you know, there's some markets that obviously that you don't have anyone close. Then you get these markets like I have here, you know, being either the Quad Cities or being in Elizabethan, you know, you got even Mobile, you had markets that were 45 minutes away. Yep. You know, Mobile was smack dab in the middle of your 45 minutes to, uh, not uh, Biloxi, and maybe an hour, if that, I mean, it's a straight shot to Pensacola. Mm-hmm. Okay. And both those, and the thing is, both those teams were saying, we were leaving, and they both do a good job. Yeah. You know, so you're really splitting hairs. Like, we were less expensive, but, right. you know, I have a good relationship with the guys in Pensacola. I have a good relationship with the people over, and like, in Hunter and them over there in Biloxi, and, and they do phenomenal jobs. And so, and when you're splitting $2 difference, like, it's not like it's that big of a deal. It's not, it's not much. Uh, I think you gotta be genuine and then I think what's helped me out a lot in especially here in Elizabeth and, and doing sponsorship sales ticket sales obviously it's a number you're calling you're trying to build a relationship as much as you can yep. uh, sponsorship is a lot more negotiation you're talking to people more you want those face to face meetings more and uh, getting involved in the community because I think that was kind of the thing that didn't hurt me in 2019, but like hurt me in 2019. So 2019 was our worst year. And I always say like that first year is always our worst year because you got to learn more. Yeah, absolutely. It's different everywhere you go. Yep. Right. It's everywhere you go. And what works in Elizabeth, like JC, uh, I compare to JC, not a lot, but like, like the market size, like you we're seven miles apart, ballpark to ballpark. I can be there in 12 minutes. Okay. Completely different markets. Yeah. You know, he does really well. Like, like their beer sales, for example, craft beer outsells domestic two to one. Right. Right. They also can charge a little bit more. You know, we're still, you know, up and coming with the beer. People want their they want bush light in in, <laughs> uh, in Elizabeth and Carter County. Uh, they want things you know a little a little less expensive and you know they want. We have two points of sale for beer versus like sixteen and JC. We, you know, we have things a little bit differently, but we both do a good job. I think we do a phenomenal job over there in, uh, in Elizabeth, and I think that, mm-hmm. you know, we're up, we're on the verge of booming, though, partially because I'm going into my fourth year. I'm going into an area in which I can help grow it, and then, like, having my AGM, Maya, this is going to be her second year there. Okay. So we're getting involved in the community as well. So people are trying to know us versus... Uh, versus the situation where like, okay, who's this new guy coming? Can I trust him? Mm-hmm. And how they see me in the uh, in the community? Like, so you know, if I go out in Elizabeth and just cover Bridge Days or wherever, wherever the event is, guarantee you, I'm seeing you know, I you, you gotta become more like me. You know everybody, and th- that's what they, they know what I'm about. They know like, oh, hey, yeah, he's not from here, but he has Elizabeth at heart, and and kind of like the whole river rider saying like hey like we want to be part of the community and I, I said it from day one I want to be only part of the community and I proved it like I joined Rotary Club I would help with with uh there would be a tourism council I'd get on that tourism council and mm-hmm. and we'd talk I would get you know get involved with the local community where we would do even like with Parks and Rec I would I played flag football to, to be in the community I want people to know that hey this isn't I might not be from here but while I'm here, this is my priority. Right, right. Yeah. I think that's kind of the key to sales is you, you, you gotta you gotta be genuine and people gotta realize you are genuine. 
Absolutely. I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. So um <laughs> what's the worst excuse that a game day staff member has ever used to call out of work? Uh so on a Friday night, fireworks show by the way, I had a game day employee call me and he was like the worst I like no one ever calls out like at ten o'clock in the morning. No. But you try to find someone. They called out right before gates open. Yeah. Right, they're supposed to be there. Hey, I can't come. Uh, I have volleyball practice at like seven thirty or eight p.m. Okay. And I was like, first of all, who's a, it, it, it's summer. Like, who the hell has volleyball practice on this late? You know. And now one of my employees happened to be one of the volleyball coaches. Oh, or like okay. was a volleyball coach there, and she and the girl didn't know this, and it's like yeah they're actually at camp right now, so they're out of town, and it was a Friday night, and it's like it was no problem the rest of the week, but the Friday night it became a problem, <laughs> and so you come to find out she's like oh yeah, uh, her mom also worked there. I would say oh yeah no no, no she has volleyball blah blah blah. I'm like. I went to the, uh, the mom, like, hey, here's the roster for the, she's not even on the team. What are you talking about? She has a volleyball tonight. Uh, so she was lying to her mom about being on the volleyball team, and B, she'll use that as an excuse to get out of it. Uh, Come to find out, she went to go hang out with her boyfriend on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she got caught red handed, double. Yeah, I got volleyball practice? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I played high school sports. I have friends with high school sports. No one had practice Friday night at 8 o'clock. Oh man, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, the best one I've ever had. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh so many people so when I said like I was in the South Atlantic League, they asked me like where I'd worked before, um and I would say Beloit and people would say, Oh, like so that's like Hagerstown in, in the South Atlantic League. <laughs> And, um, I never really knew what they meant, but like, if they're comparing it to Beloit, I can really, you know, imagine like it's a small stadium that needs a lot of work and a town that may need some work as well. Um, so my question is, what was it like working in Hagerstown and how does it feel to have worked for a team that now ceases to exist? Actually, for two teams that cease to exist now, actually. Oh, yeah, Mobile. Mobile now is, they moved to Huntsville. Okay, yep. Uh, always Rocket City's what they're called now, but. Yeah. Uh, so, here's my experience with, with the Hagerstown. Uh, very, very fond memories of Hagerstown. Uh, I think Hagerstown honestly helped shape me in the way I am as a leader, the way I am as, as a, uh, person today. Um, so they say, I'm not going to show you, hey, it's not the same stuff. Like, yeah. There was a bowl, like you can tell, like you, it wasn't flat. Like if you were to look out from home plate and you follow the warning track, you can see it kind of goes up a little bit because there's a, there's a boulder and like, you uh, joke around like, Hey, you know, you hit the right eye and the whole thing is coming down. Okay. But so yes, yeah, so the facilities were great. Now, with that being said, while I was there, we did put some effort into, I guess, putting lipstick on a pit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we put some effort into making it as nice as it possibly can because 
while I was there, the whole talk was, hey, they're moving. Oh, they're not moving. Hey, we're trying to get downtown ballpark. Okay, you know, kind of sort of the boy situation where, like, is it actually going to happen or not? Right. So no one really wanted to put in, like, you know, millions of dollars into a stadium. I mean, it, it needed, yep. it probably needed about, if you could probably renovate it, the whole thing, and could have done decently for $5 million. And again, that's nothing that's, that's not anything that would be like, oh, hey, it's $5 million. Right. Uh, you know, I know the way we worked our lease event, we ended up having to pay rent, and then the rent was put back, like, per case of the lease, the city had to put that rent money back into the ballpark. Okay. And capital improvements. All right. So whether that's some seats a little bit or fixing, you know, you know so things like that help. So you help pay for some things for the clubhouse. Like, hey, we had to put, we put new carpet in there. We put some new lockers in there. But the one thing I, I have very fond memories of Hagerstown with is that you had a loyal fan base. It wasn't a big fan base. It was a very loyal fan base. And obviously, like, 4th of July would be huge and, it, and, and things like that. Now... Uh, being an NASA affiliate, like we had rehabs. We, we got the most rehabs. Yeah. Um, than at any, there than I think at any other affiliate I've ever been at. Okay. Uh, and so like, I'm going to tell you a couple fond memories of Hagerstown where, uh, you know, we had Denard Spann became probably my favorite player of all time. Hmm. And it had nothing to do with how he, how he acts to connect himself on the field because he, he was a decent player. Mm-hmm. Right? But he came down to, to Hagerstown for the fir- uh, his first rehab stint with us in 
if I ever get married, he's going to be on my wedding, right? No, definitely. Awesome guy. So I actually talked to him the other day. And uh, he's he's a, a tall guy, you know, big, big and stocky. And because we had to, we couldn't pull a tarp because we had to get this ice off top. Off okay. Top first. <laughs> so he's there. And again, this is Hager sound. Like, it, it's a little miserable because, like, it's like we just got snowed out. Like, it's April. Like, we're all, like, hating life right now. Yeah. It's snowed out, right? Yep. So we're breaking this ice on the tarp. And then we're kicking it, like, to kick it off the ice. Right. And it's like a train wreck. And I see, like, you see it happening. He steps on the ice, goes to kick it, but, like, slips out from under him and just falls straight on his back. Oh. And we all die laughing, but what makes it even better, he just yells out in the air, I should have been a banker. (laughs) (laughs) I should have been a banker. We all have that, like, uh, usually on tarp pole, you're questioning, like, why do I do this? (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, But, yeah, so, like, in a sense, we keep it it light, we keep it fun. uh, And so they cease to exist. And it's really bittersweet because I know... like the town they're in and the same thing goes for the people in mobile like they're they lost a team and that's rough on any community uh because there are some fans that like that was what they looked forward to every summer yeah Um, mobile was actually a a smaller full-time we had five full-time people and Uh then we we, we, you know with interns we probably got to like 15 maybe maybe for a double a team which is tiny yeah for sure Uh, and, you know, obviously the town was a little upset because we, we played with, when I got there, it was an intent to move, and they eventually did move. And, again, there's us against the world mentality where, hey, we, we work hard, and we know how hard we work. We know uh, there was a reason why our general manager that was there got executive of the year. Right, right. We're a team that... I think drew the least in the league. Uh, you know, everyone craps on it. I come up to I come up to uh, I come up to Elizabeth, and and they, they didn't know like, like there's a the industry like that I work with you know, with the Smokies, and you know the Smokies have a nice stadium, and they're like, oh, you know, you know, Mobile is probably a place that, you know not great to work at. I'm like, hold on, like you, you, know, you better watch yourself, like like. Right. I do anything with those guys. But those guys are the other guys that, you know, yeah, we pulled tarp 70 times for 70 home games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we worked our tails off over there to, you know, we worked twice as hard to get the, you know, we worked twice as hard to get uh, half the result. And but I brought that mentality with me to Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, it's a tough market. I know it is. And right. that's fine. But I like it. I, I like, I like the, the toughness. I, I like the fact that, hey, uh, you know, this isn't a desirable place, but if you can turn an undesirable place around or you, you can do well there, imagine when it's easy. And that's something that right. I heard from uh, actually GM in Delmarva. Uh, he's pretty fond of me. And, you know, we were talking and, you know, he's like, hey, you turn around and hey, you're sound, imagine when it's easy. Imagine yeah. they were calling you from groups, not you not calling. Uh, and actually, one team I actually looked at, I had an interview with at one point before I went to Mobile, was Beloit. Hmm. So I was looking to go to Beloit. And he's like, I, I thrive in, in those uh, those markets that aren't the sexy markets. But 
you know, yeah. I feel like those teams have that mentality of like, hey, you know, it's not as bad as you think, and when we're gonna prove you wrong. Uh, do you have any wild tarp stories, Bryce? I'm sure you do. I have a couple actually. All right. Um, all right. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start in Burlington. Okay. It was my second year. Uh, second year ever working in baseball. I'm working for the Burlington Bees. Jimmy Buffett night. So island night theme. Like I'm wearing a grass skirt, wearing a Hawaiian shirt with like a little hat, or whatever, and I'm wearing. Uh, Sperry's because like hey I got it's like I'm on like at the beach of the island right mm-hmm. had to tarp the field and until I, before I, until I became a GM I always took like the baseline like first baseline right okay yep and now I'm a GM I get a corner dang it right right <laughs> right I get a corner yep uh, so we put the tarp on and then of course like what I would always do because I was one of the faster guys, I would go to the corner by first base, like, so we go to stretch it. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah, so, we, get, we, we pull the tarp, and I get ready to sprint. Now, the ups wait a little too long, field gets a little wet, I go to around, especially home play around that corner, right around the GM, and I just slip and fall right on my head. You know, hat comes flying off. I've done that I before. Shoe. <laughs> I've done that before. Yeah, mm. I got up acting like nobody saw what I know. Everybody saw. <laughs> it's just getting going. Oh. Uh, that was that was a little, little bit of fun there. Like obviously, like I wasn't gonna get hurt, but I was like, man, my pride got hurt a little bit on that one. Yeah. Mm. But uh, yeah, and then of course you're like, oh hey, you know, a nice wipeout over there. Like, I, no one saw that. Like, no, they all they all did. <laughs> uh, another wild tarp story was would probably be Hickory. Uh, so th- just for context, right now, it was a Sunday game, mm-hmm. last day of a, of a seven game home state. So just start that off, right? Yeah. Last day of seven game home game. Yep. And we're there, and the rain's coming down, and the umpires just keep pushing and pushing. It got so bad that the that the groundskeeper's like, if we're gonna go, we you know he yells this, and he drops an f bomb in front of all the fans. Like, he's oh, like, he's like, we gotta go. If we're gonna go. We gotta go effing now, right? Like, he, like, yes. He's, he's just irate. Like, he's like, you're gonna get us stuck. If we don't go now, well, they pushed the ninth inning, and then uh, they got through the top of the ninth. Okay. And then they kind of call for tarp. Our GM goes out there, and it's like, "What the like? What the heck, you guys doing?" He's like, "Hey, we need tarp." He's like, "No, we're not putting the tarp on." Oh man. Because it wasn't going to stop. We told you guys it wasn't going to stop. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, guys, it's not, like, it wasn't going to stop. Like, so he's like, no, we're not putting it on. And obviously the the manager of the team gets upset and, like, the players are kind of upset. Like, like, what the heck is going on? And what the umpire said was that, oh, uh, the mound's unplayable. But it hadn't changed from... The 10 seconds you had, you know, it hadn't changed from our guys being on the mound. They were about the pitcher for for the uh, the grasshoppers. Like, 
our pitcher was just pitching on the same mound. Yeah. That's a little sloppy. Mm-hmm. And our hitters, but now, now it's unsafe. Right. Like, it was one of those situations, like, you know, obviously they, they were upset. It's like, no, like, we're not putting this hard on for that because that, this is ridiculous. We're not doing that. Uh, so yeah, so that was an issue. Like, hey, we're not going to tarp on, and then, and then of course we had fans just kind of waiting. Right. Like guys, like you don't see the puddles at first. You know, the infield's done. Like this game's done. Like, For sure. As you know, I'm saying, and, and part of it was our boss, like our GM, was like, we're not going to bring anybody in on a Monday at you know eight o'clock to pull this tarp off on a non-game day when I'm giving them the day off. Mm. Uh, so that was that was interesting, uh, and then. Probably then this year. So part of the reason we had 25 hour tar poles was we had to pull four times in one day. Oh, uh, that's the worst. Tarp is, tarp is my call. Yeah. Uh, but so here's what had to happen. So get more context for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, I need. I took a day off because you know I need a day off because hey I had I had work like you know 20 straight days. I'm like guys I'm taking a day off. I'll be, be fine. Right. So I live in Johnson City, seven miles from the ballpark. Right? Okay. Yep. And it was it was sunny, and I I looked at the, I looked at the radar. I'm like, hey, we should be fine, right? So I ended up uh, you know, taking a day off, kind of relaxing, and of course, pop up right over the ballpark. And it was one of those things. It was sunny, and it was just really it started downpouring, and it blew up red on us. Oh. So. There are a couple of puddles out there, so at this point, you know, you let it dry out. Well, the next day was a game day for us, and we had rain. Mm. No, sorry, the next day wasn't. It was a day before a game day. We had rain, and and uh, so I get there. I think this is a Wednesday now, because I think we started on Thursday. I want to say we started on Thursday, or Thursday or Friday. So I get there, I'm like, it's rain. I'm like, I need a window. Like, I, I, I'm like, I'm freaking. I'm like. I'm at the bang a game a day before the game actually starts. Like, what? Well, like, I expect my bosses and everybody, like, hey, like, I got bang a game because, like, we could get a tarp on two days prior. Like, you know, like, I'm not pulling tarp two days before a game. It's just asinine, you know? Mm, yep. So I told my staff, like, hey, you got, like, I make sure I have tarp clothes and I'm just, okay, can I get on this field at all? So I end up telling them, uh, like, hey guys, come back at, come back at nine. All right. So I'm there. You know, I have giant blow up fans and a blower. I have everything going, trying to get this field dry. I go through two bags worth of, oh, sorry, that too bad. Two pallets worth of turpice, which oh, is insane no. amount of turpice. Just yes. get this field walkable. Yeah. And so, and then like at one point, like I'm like, you can't rain again. I look up and the rain starts coming. I threw the rain. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, you kidding? Like I'm just. At this point, I'm ready to give up, right? Like, I'm just like, this is dumb. Yep. Rain stopped. Right? So we were able to get those, you know, those two pals with the turfist on there. And uh, so it's walkable. I'm like, hey, guys, we have to walk this tarp on. Be careful. And I knew there was going to be some marks that I kind of, like, strategically pushed people out. Like, hey, our, uh, our our bigger people go on the outside. You want on the grass. Walk lightly on the on, because we we blew out a couple spots because it was just so wet. Mm-hmm. Next day is a game day, so here's the issue we had right there. Like, hey, we need to get this tarp off so that it can air out. Get Wait, the tarp. Yeah. 
uh, let it air out. But then, of course, hey, guys, any sort of rain, we're sprinting getting that tarp back on because it can't take any water at this point. So eventually, I think it's a tarp number three or maybe number four. We have it, we rolled it out. I'm like, guys, it's, it's, it's cloudy. We're just going to roll it out. Keep it, keep it, uh, keep it on there. And like, we're going to probably get hit with a little bit of rain at this time. And like I said, we had a, we had a, uh, a river going by our ballpark. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, we're on the tarp. I call this the Jurassic Park moment because we hear something and we're like, is that, Go, go, like, 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 because the rain's coming off the river and it, it hit a tin roof for like the bathrooms and the park is right behind us, too. Okay, and like, is that so? And we sprinted as fast as we could, we had no idea because like, we're like, oh no, we'll be fine. Because, like, usually, like, sometimes what happen is it will split us. Like, I see it rain on the river or rain on the main road above our ballpark at the same time, but not hitting the ballpark somehow. But it was like, oh no, we gotta go now. We sprinted, and that was uh. That was a crazy tarp moment because we barely got it on, <laughs> and that one would have killed us. We would we would have been done. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I credit my uh, my record to this. I have it wasn't until this year. I had uh, 2019 didn't lose a game to rain. Pulled oh wow! 20 times did never lost a game to rain. Yeah. This year one and then there's a whole incident with uh with Kingsport so we got we got a game sent to us that wasn't supposed to be at us at all okay because they were the Warriors team right uh that we lost one of those games too because I, I we could have played but I banged it just because of the rain and crowd like there were just rain we had a win of the play we could have gotten in but part of it was like you know a crowd versus rain and all that stuff it just it didn't make sense to play that day and I, I gave them an extra day off it was a Sunday game too okay Yep. But those are my crazy tarp stories. Like, you know, nothing crazy where like, the tarp gets blown out of, out of the way and people get taken away, which is good. Uh, there are some people that can tell you about, we saw a couple people at at, uh, at the Smoky Stadium with, with the Smokies. If you guys type in in, in YouTube, tarp, uh, tarp Nami, where the tarp gets ripped and all stuff. We have some people that were there for that. And, you know, that one was insane. And that was one of the high winds, all that stuff. And yeah, I'm glad I never had to be a part of that. Because uh, yeah. that's where obviously the tarp gets dangerous. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Um, sure, you've been a part of it, some, some crazy tarp pulls yourself. Yes, I have. Um, there's been a couple where, where Chris um, basically told us let it go like it's not it's not worth it um i'm not gonna endanger my staff um i've i've pulled tarp with i've started with two people and two more joined halfway through um that was pretty bad um if you i've learned that if you go out drinking with the groundskeeper um on the weekend like you know, while the team's out of town, but they're coming back in town the next day, um, and it's and it's like two o'clock in the morning, and there's something on the radar that's popping up. You're gonna go yes, with them done. to the ballpark. Um, that's that's a rough go at it for sure. Oh, I bet. <laughs> 
So we also ruined. Uh, he actually married the girl. So it actually worked out for him. Okay. He ended up marrying the girl, but we had to pull a tarp one day late, and the guy was on a date at like some sports bar with his girl, and uh, he comes to the tarp pull. <laughs> he's a little. We can tell he's a little, a little intoxicated. Yeah. And uh, tarp on the field, and and we're like, so uh, how was your date? <laughs> <laughs> because it was going great, but they're married now, so they worked out for him. Yeah, that was their first date. Wow, um, I know we so we did have some listener questions here. Oh yeah, yeah. bring them on. All right, so um, Ace of Diamonds Baseball asked, "What are your favorite baseball-related souvenirs to collect?" Oh, as far as the, so actually, I do. I actually have this um, collection. Uh, everywhere I work, I grab a hat. Okay. And so what the plan is eventually when I have a man cave, because, you know, uh, my goal is to have a man cave. I'm in my man cave house. right now. Yeah, there you go, yeah. <laughs> and I want to have a spot for each hat, and then I put it in order of where I worked. Okay. For each one. So I'm like, hey, that, that's going to be, uh, I think that's probably where the, I go with is the hat. And they're all fitted. They're not, you know, you got to get the new era ones. Right. With River Riders, I don't have a new era hat because we don't we use outdoor cap, but I would okay. like to get one of those. Yep. Uh, and so yeah, I'll have a spot for each location, and then uh, I think I might have to get Smokey's hat because I did work there for a weekend. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have to. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that's probably my souvenir where I I go and, and get and get the hat. I, I don't really wear a lot of hats because I don't. Uh, I was a catcher, so everything. Was I was wearing hats backwards, and then you know people were like, "Oh, we're way back in the '90s," but that would yeah. probably be the thing I, I get a hat everywhere I go, and uh, and I used to feel like like shirts just fade so easily, and like eventually like I get rid of the shirts because they they start to look crappy if I wear them so much. So yeah, I think hats the way to go is my favorite one. Okay, um, and this is from Mike Sellers, who has been a long term um, listener of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So he references that here. Um, my question for Bryce is: What are the key differences between being a GM at a at the minor league level, um, you know, as an affiliate, and being a general manager for a collegiate summer league team? And then he says, "Also, thanks for the ballpark tour last year. I enjoyed chatting about baseball with you." Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Mike's a good guy, and uh, I think he was probably the reason why I ended up actually getting on this podcast because uh, yeah, I, 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 he was yeah, you guys. I'm like, hey, I'm available. Right. Uh, so the biggest difference I think that you're gonna see from for me was work, working with the Twins versus working with uh, College Woodbat was good and bad the players. So. The sometimes you get those those guys who are high draft picks, mm-hmm. and they, they sign for a couple million dollars, and they think they've made it. And like, dude, you're a rookie, right? Like, you know, right. like, like, hey, uh, congratulations, you signed for some money, but you're you are really far from the majors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, as they they want to be in the big leagues anyway, right? Sure. But as far as the as the players in that regard, though, you knew that you weren't going to lose players unless they got called up. 
or hurt. Right, like, right. Like, there was a little bit more, I think, in the way Coco was structured. Now, when the College Wood Bat League game, you have these players that they're not getting paid, so they don't try to quote unquote big league. Oh, I, I, you know, I, I shouldn't be here. You know, they're here because they, they kind of want to be here, right? Yeah. The issue we ran into a little bit, and and you can you can see it with other other leagues too, that towards the end of the summer, players just want to go home. Mm-hmm. And. So we actually lost quite a few players because they were ready to go home. They're like, oh, okay, ah, who cares about the last week of the season? Who cares about the last four games? Yeah. And so we, you know, we're scrambling to try and find these players to fill their spot. And then, unfortunately, with that, like, you pitch our league at a top tier league, and now you're getting some guys who are D three guys that like who aren't really going to get a look from from the major league guys or from the scouts. Right. Okay. But on the flip side, sometimes you get those those guys who sign for so so many millions of dollars. They think they're above the community events. Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, I don't need to do that. That can go to the guy who's you know. All our players were heavily involved in the community. Where like we went to go see a Sherwood's hospital, and we had I'm like, hey guys, volunteers, and we had within five minutes like eight arms shoot. I'm like, okay, I'm, you you know you guys like I can't take you all. Right. Okay. Um, they, they wanted to help out. They wanted, you know, that's cool. They, they wanted to talk to the kids. They wanted to. They understood. I think it was enjoying living life and like, hey, this is pretty cool. That I just like, someone wants my autograph. I don't know why they want my autograph, and it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So that is pretty cool. That's what I'm saying is the biggest difference. Uh, obviously, I never had to worry about players wanting to leave or like leaving okay. before the season's over, unless they were getting called up. But right, I'd be on the Twins to to fill my spot versus me trying to find a player from a local university here or who can we find. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Um, and then what else was there? Oh, um, so this was a question from Tyler Omen, who was, I don't remember exactly. He was, was he? he was in Clinton. No, Clinton. He was in Clinton. He was, uh, so, yeah, I know uh, Ted Tornell. Yeah, yeah. So he was Ted Torno's right hand man, basically. I don't know exactly what his position was, but he did a lot of everything. I know. Um, and this is a four man staff. I mean, every, right? Every, 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 like, ticket sales, operations, things like that. So it was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've heard of. I've never met the guy, but I've heard of him. But I, I know Ted fairly well. I actually uh, tried to hire Ted's son to come work for us. Oh, okay. We went to Birmingham and said. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Tyler is now um, on the grounds crew for the Twins. Actually, That's uh, awesome. yeah, yeah. So he's been a guest on this podcast, but he texted me last night and he said, "I heard that at the, I guess you had gone to the like league meeting at an All Star break." when you were in Hagerstown and um that you you just went there because because you wanted to basically because you know because you could um and you just wanted to get that you know information and that feel and you turned out to be the only person from Hagerstown that showed up so you were voting for for Hagerstown in in the league meetings and making like executive decisions 
on the spot <laughs> for manager, yeah. yeah for the Suns. So um, he he what I don't I forget what his question was, but he he mentioned that he's like he's like ask him about that because like I had heard this, but I didn't know exactly. Um, he said. <laughs> He said, I heard a story about Bryce that I would love to find out if it's true slash hear his side of the story. I had heard that when he was in Hagerstown, he went to the All-Star game and ended up attending the league meeting only to realize that no one else from the team was there and he had to represent the team and had to verbally abstain from, like, every league vote, he said. Okay, so here's what happened. Okay, so... At this point in the year, it was it was 20, 2016. Okay. No, having twenty fifteen because it was twenty fifteen because it was it was in uh, it was Asheville. First of all, they didn't give me a hotel. Like my hotel room wasn't it was at a different hotel because they waited so long to, to like book my hotel for me. Okay. So our GM was like, "Hey, I'm not going." Like, uh, okay, hey Bryce, here's the like. So everybody lied about this too. They're like, "Hey, don't wreck the rental car because I wasn't even on the rental car lease or anything like uh, that, right?" Wow. They're yeah. like, "Here, don't wreck it." By the way, you're taking the two players down <laughs> down to the uh, all circuit. So I'm driving down. I had a nice little Dodge Durango with like like the Beats by Dre thing in there. Like that was like Ooh, a big thing. Nice. So we're just bumping the whole time, having a good old time. Yeah. Okay, so drop them off, right? And and do my thing. <laughs> I had to go check it at a different hotel. But, so I was there, and I was the director of ticket operations. I was happy to go down and just, just relax and chill. Well, and it's like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, can you go to the league meeting for me? <laughs> what? Yeah, hey, league meetings at this time. So I'm a little hungover. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie about things. I'm like, I'm just going out and hang out and like, it, you know, all sorts of games they have like the hospitality rooms, and like it's fun to hang out with everybody that you that you know throughout the league, and you know yeah. the guys from Western Power, or you know, there's like ten of them there. You know, everyone there from Hickory because it's a, it's an hour away, so it was a good time to hang out, right? Yeah. Go to the league meeting, and I'm just like, okay, cool, we're there. Like I'm sitting there, and it's like, hey, you want to do this? I'm like, yeah. sure. <laughs> like I was like. Like I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm like, I'm in tickets. I knew what, I knew the answer to one question and one question only. Hey, your son, you guys want the All Star game next year? No, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want it. <laughs> we, no, we're good. We're good. Like I, that was really the only answer I knew was knew was that one. But we talked about other things. It wasn't like it was too terrible. It was like there was like hotel things. I'm like, I, I don't know about this. Yeah. Alright, Bryce, where can the listeners find you on social media? So I am on Instagram, Facebook, and and Twitter. Uh, Facebook is just look at my name, Bryce Valentine. Mm-hmm. You should find me no problem. You'll see me next to a running sausage. From from Milwaukee. There we go. As of right now, yeah. Uh, big fan of like I'm not I'm not a Brewers fan, but I do love me some. Sorry, it's American Financial Field now or something like that, right? <laughs> it's still Miller Park. It's Miller Park, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, let me some Miller Park. 
Oyster at Oyster Thirty One. That would be the uh, that's my hat for Twitter. For Instagram, you're Bryce underscore Valentine. There you go. All right. All right. So last question here, Bryce, and this is how I end every episode. During your minor league baseball career, what has been your favorite walk-up song, and whose was it? I mean, my favorite walk-up song was my own, but when I was playing high school ball. So okay, what was that? Just back that thing up. I mean, Ooh. that's the, uh, yes. <laughs> back the, that's the, that's the clean version of it. That thing up by Juvenile. Yep. Uh, Great song. There are two that, that stand out to me really the first one is going to be Lewis Brinson, Hickory. It was turned down for what, right? Okay. Uh, love Lewis Brinson. He's, he's probably one of my, my favorite players right now just because when we were in Hickory, he was that guy that would always volunteer to help out. He kind of got it. He's a really cool guy. So hopefully Lewis listens to this Hey man, keep killing it in Miami. I, I enjoy watching you play. Uh, but then there was another one. And here's why I think it just stands out. This is my favorite because it just stands out. It gets stuck in your head. Michael DeLeon and Hickory. It was by El Alpha called, and the, the song is called Subitin and El Galayo. Oh, you might have to send me that. <laughs> yeah, which means, uh, like, get on the horse. Okay. So I translate to. And the only reason why I remember this song a lot of the time is because, A, I had to cut it for him. Yep. But B, it had it had that B and that annoying like like little thing like it's stuck in your head, and so like everybody everyone's like oh like oh Susan I'm like yep yep that's a song like you know, <laughs> they, everyone just knew it like because you just knew it was that guy going up because like everyone the people had the like, the Drakes and they had the uh, you know the weird the weird stuff but that was yep. That was one of the, it was annoying enough to get stuck in your head. And so that's probably my most memorable one. Uh, oh, got one more memorable one, actually. Okay. Uh, Casey Rasmus. A, he was in a slump. And so we had a rule, like, hey, like, you go over 10, we're changing a walk-up song. Changed it to Justin Bieber. It's like not, not like there was like a not. I, I don't know. It was some weird Justin Bieber song. Okay. Cranks the whole first horn of his career oh in pro wow. So he's like, hey, I want that song as my walk-up song. So that was a five memorable spot there. It's like, hey, <laughs> so now you're walking to Justin Bieber, and you're about the size of Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'll pick one of those. Just yeah, if you could just send that to me, like DM it to me. Um, yeah, the uh, Susan Alcavado. Yeah, yeah. DM that to me. Um, and we'll ride out with that song to end it. Um, and as far, so every walk up song that I end the show with, I put it on a Spotify playlist. If you search point tart podcast, walk up playlist, it's right there. Um, so I'll add that when I'm through editing here. Um, but thank you so much for coming on the point tart podcast, Bryce. Really appreciate you taking the time, oh, having a few so drinks with funny. me. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad Mike Sellers hooked us up. Um, but this this has been awesome. Thank you so much.
súbete, 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 súbete en el caballo, súbete en el caballo, súbete en el caballo, súbete, 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 You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.